Heather Mundane Children. It has been close to a month. What am I saying? <laughs> Let's count. October, November, October, November, December, February. I just give let's give January, January, February, March, and yeah, why April? This actually is this recording is taken by nine thirteen p.m. I am currently in Bonny Island reading for my final exams. Yes, if you remember when I started this podcast, you could remember that this was like it has almost been a year and a half since I came here. Like, congrats to me. It is not easy. It hasn't been an easy journey getting here. And it hasn't been an easy journey reaching where I want to be. And I am really grateful. I am really grateful. Like, I don't know how much I can express the amount of gratitude I feel towards myself for persevering this long. Yeah, because trust me, there were times where I'm not like, I ain't doing this shit again. I ain't going to be doing the bbc again i wasn't going to continue with this program i'm not going to be do anything at all and i just kept pushing there were times when i felt like okay i wasn't going to do this anymore and my last episode funny enough was about my friend and michael having a conversation and the one before that was about me and my friend um jane having a conversation about this too about our time secondary school then there's another one um talking about me getting burnt out it was like my last three episodes before now and I said on my Instagram account, which you should follow, at High Chief Daily, was that I was only going to continue mundane talks after I was done with my exams. Like, I was done with my BVC. And a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, we're looking forward to the next episode. But I'm not returning officially yet because my exams are just a week, <laughs> a week away. But you might ask, what is this episode about? And what, like, what is it here to talk about again? What mundane things is it here to talk about again? And I'm here to talk about me. You talk about me. I am turning 20 in less than 24 hours. I am going to be 20. That may be shocked to all of you. Yes, I'm a young boy. But it's just a new beginning for me. Think about it. I have lived many lives within the past 10 years. And we're going to recount each one of them that I have lived as far as I can remember. And it would just be like me repeating everything I've done in the past before. But this is different. Like, this is me reminiscing where I would laugh, sob, cry, tear. And I want everyone who listens to this episode to please share with your friends, family, whatever. Talking about how the past 10 years has been for me. I have lived many lives. I have lived many, many lives. And you might ask, how does a 10-year-old, 20-year-old live baby lives? And I'll tell you that we as teenagers live as much lives as we can when we're young. And I'll get back into that. So here is Mundane Talks with your host, Eva Ili Dili. <laughs> nice having you guys back. Okay, so let's get into it. I am sure you're hearing a lot of background noise. It is freaking hot in Bonny Island, and I had to turn on my fan. And I don't have a soundproof room yet. And the way I go will be as quiet as my room. I had to, like, I'm trying as much as possible to reduce the noise. But I don't think that's really possible, though. <laughs> so, where do we begin? 
I I think I've already narrated my just one and just two to just yeah about like my whole primary school and early secondary school life in my previous episode. But it's gonna to touch more on that because I went to <laughs> three different secondary schools. I went to St. Gregory's College, I went to St. Francis Catholic Secondary School, then I went to British Spring College. And like we're asking like what what, what, why is this important? Like, why are you telling us these things? And the reason is very simple. The reason is that at every point I was in these schools, I lived a different life. In, my, in St. Greg's, I was this very charismatic, cheerful, um, tall, big, outspoken, loved by almost everyone kind of person. But inwardly, I didn't feel that way. I would say I was at my most confident during that period. I would say that during that period of time, I just left primary school. So you're still innocent. You're still, you still believe life is all rainbows and, <laughs> and sprinkles and nothing literally moves you. So you're living your life one day at a time, basically. But... But that's that's not the case. That's not the case. Because um in Jason was when I discovered a lot of things about myself that I think affected me in the long run. That because I did, I, I was too young to address and I was not self aware enough to talk about it. And it's funny that in just one year of civic civic education, the first topic that they teach you, um, one of the first topics you're introduced to is self consciousness. And they tell you that self consciousness is the ability of someone to be aware of themselves. And be able to know when they are doing something right or wrong. And it shocks you at that period of time, if you're not self-conscious, you will never really understand what it means to be self-conscious. That's what I was just telling you. So, pip this. Just one. I'm in class. And I'm practically one of the tallest people. I'm a most outspoken person. I have a teacher in the school who's really close to my family. Um, my notes get stolen by someone. And I report them. To, <laughs> I report them to the school. The school punishes the last person I gave the note to. The person has to pay. I think was it five hundred naira. In today's currency, that'd be like it's this naira uh, <laughs> value. That should be like one five. And the person has to be like five hundred naira to get back that note for me. And everyone hated me, but I couldn't understand why. I was like, why would you hate me for? saying the truth why would you hate me for reporting an issue and that was when i first said the word snitch that you do not you do not snitch on your friends um you do not snitch on people you care about you don't rat people that you care about out that was one of the first things i was introduced to which later in the long run i understood and i was around 11 12 thereabouts during this period of time so I eventually left St. Greg's for reasons best left with me. And I didn't fail. For any of you, even children out there who think I feel that I didn't feel I was very, very smart. Not that smart, but you get the joke. So I moved to I moved to St. Francis Secondary School. Cancun Secondary School, SFCSS. And I think this was where everything changed. Everything just changed. Because I walked into a classroom and I wasn't the most liked person in the class. I wasn't even liked at all by my peers, by my classmates, by people around me. 
by almost everyone. I only had one friend in my Jess too. His name was um what's what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What's that boy's name? <laughs> Why can't I remember your name? Why can't I remember your name? I am so sorry. Okay, yes, I remember his name now. His name was Jason. I'm so sorry, Jason. If you listen to this, I am really sorry that I forgot your name. Trust me, I didn't really want to forget your name. It was Jason. Jason was my friend. Um, one of my first friends I made. And he was also a new student like me. Because we broke him in just two. But Jason had other friends apart from me. But I didn't just have any other friend. I had my brother, though. Uh, my brother and I were in close then. And we were in close for a very long period of time. And that was mostly my fault. <laughs> I take full responsibility for it. Because I kept on pushing him away. I didn't like him. We always fought when we were younger. And stuff like that. My younger brother in question. So we had my brother. And after my brother, there were, there were other people. Um, that, I did, that I didn't just like. That I knew, but we didn't just talk. We weren't just friends. You, get, you know them, but you're not friends with them. So I was friends with Jason for most of my just too. Then I had another friend, a sister, who is still my one of my closest friends today. And she has been a very big supporter of my podcast. She always listens to every episode. If she listens, I'm satisfied. She reads everything I write, everything I talk about. She's always ready to listen at and do it. Uh, let me cry. <laughs> so during this period of time, you see, um, I was still learning so much about myself. And then there was puberty. Oh my goodness, there was puberty. And puberty is literally the worst period of your life as a growing child because you have you have so much you have so much going on with your body internally externally with um yourself with people around you and you're like what the fuck is going on <laughs> and no one is there to explain it to you so here's one crazy thing i did when i was in jest because everyone didn't want to be my friend I ended up having to do the most drastic thing ever. I went to the guidance counselor and told my classmates that I told the guidance counselor, sorry, that none of my classmates like me. I was crying in front of her. I was like, no one likes me. I'm alone in this school. I just want to leave. I just want to kill myself. I'm so <laughs> God, I was so dramatic. I was so dramatic though. And this happened. And I can literally remember my classmates. When she came to the class, she was just shouting at them. She was like, can you imagine this sort of thing? And nobody, everyone, nobody knew who it was. Nobody. Nobody knew who it was. Like, they just felt this amount of guilt. And all of a sudden, they just became nice. And they became nice to me. And I enjoyed it. So, here comes just 3 I'm saying the same for fucking St. Francis. And I don't know. It was just a shit show. Man, I, can, I think everyone can relate to that. When they entered just 3 Things started to turn around, like whether it was for the worse, whether it was for the better, and things a lot of things happened. And one of the most embarrassing moments I have of my gesture was October 1st, 2015. Still remember the date. It was Our Lady of Nigeria's feast day, and we were gathered in the auditorium. And my choir, choir uh, mistress, Cynthia, came and met me the night for like you're taking response to our sound and i was in the choir and i was like sure well obviously tough girl like me <laughs> obviously i will take the response to our sound i have no problem with that then she was like yeah you're gonna take the response to our sound and i want you to 
give it your best. So I was like, oh my god, this is my time to shine. All my classmates like me. All my classmates, I am a classmate. Everyone were actually my class, not the whole set. All my classmates like me. This is a very good chance for me to shine. This is a very chance, good chance for me to put myself out there. I walk in, I prepare, I prepare, I'm singing over and over again. The morning comes, and I'm doing the choir. I'm like, hey guys, I want to like tell you about my my bomb the funeral sound. I was trying to like sing it and stuff. And one girl, Ashley, I'll never forget her. She was an asshole. Ashley, um, says something to me. She says, um. What you're singing is so confusing. No one here would understand what you're going to sing. And <laughs> I was like, this bitch just hates me. But she wasn't lying. That, if I, can't, I think I was trying to recreate titanium. I mean, like, use a ton of titanium to sing your strength to herself. And man, it was fucking hell. I'm going, the fact that we were, I'm talking about this has to be the most... <laughs> has to be... <laughs> That's been the worst experience of my life. That's been the <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I'm so sorry. Because I can remember um, Brother Temple, who is now a father. Father Temple calls me and he says, recite it. But I yeah, keep going. Because I was like, I was like, yeah, in my mind, I'm just keep going, keep pushing. It wasn't until the last verse I knew that I fucked up. <laughs> And I decided I, I couldn't just talk. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't face anyone. At this fucking very moment, I wanted to die. I wanted to die. <laughs> this is the first time I'm ever talking about this experience with like openly and publicly with people. And I don't know if anyone will remember this. Like I doubt anyone will remember this. But anyone who remembers this, please, you are allowed to laugh at my misery at this point. But I'm really grateful for that moment because that moment taught me one thing. It taught me sometimes just listen to those people who tell you, see, I don't really think this would be a good idea. Just listen to them and ask yourself why. Why don't why don't you think this is a very good idea? And then they're like, Okay, here is this, here is this, here is this, here is this and you have, you end up not doing it and you like you take a seat. Because I'm like, if I could go back in time, I'll just tell myself, see brah, take a seat. You can't do this. No, yeah, you can't do this, but you're not prepared enough for this. Sit down and let it be. If I had done that, my life would have been better. Like, I don't think I would have had to go through a lot of self-confidence issues for the rest of my GS3. So, throughout the rest of my GS3, I am tormented with that event. And I had I had a self-redemption arc. And the self-redemption arc was this. They, they said in auditions for the choir. So, every member of the choir had to get auditioned. And for some odd reason, the week of the auditions, I lose my voice completely. And I had to go for the auditions, and I sing, and I don't get, I don't get in, I don't get in at all. I feel, you feel an audition to get to the choir, choir that everyone runs away from. You end up feeling for it. But this was the beginning of my redemption act because at this point, I started getting chosen to do things like prayer of the faithful, where you come out and say prayers. And after every prayer of the faithful, I put my head down because I was too afraid to look at everyone. So I can remember one of my house friends um, called me and he was like, I always notice that you always put your head down. So I can remember him taking me to his office and he sat me down and we talked. We talked for about the whole prep. And could you remember that prep was two hours, 30 minutes from 8 o'clock to 10.30? That was our whole prep. Then lights out, I think. It was it. 
seven thirty to eight o'clock or two ten I don't can't remember. Please prove that I remember. Kudos to you. But I know that you get to the hostel you know like I was ten thirty. So we we have this conversation. We have this um conversation of the whole thing. He says that I can remember what he told me. He told me that see people fall and they always stand up and people get beaten but they remember to stand up i want you to stand up i want you to raise your head up the next time you're gonna do this so i i i i I eventually do that so i decided i was going to join the lay readers those are people who read like first reading second reading and stuff so i joined them and this was beginning of my redemption act i became more confident i started reading in student masses um sunday mass like all these big big like masses and solemnities and the rest and feasts i started reading in those and i could remember i could remember that for that brother temple before he left called me i was like i love the fact that there was a lot of you, you found redemption in the things that you did because one thing i remembered i had to do was i had to forgive myself i had to tell myself see it wasn't your fault that you fucked up it wasn't your fault that you 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 made mistakes. It wasn't your fault that this didn't happen to you. It wasn't your fault. And now that you've chosen the path of forgiveness, it was you have gotten some sort of redemption. And I remember I'd apologize to Cynthia, I think I apologized to Treasure, these were the, the two choir mistress and stuff. Then I apologized to Brother Temple, I read to the whole choir, although I wasn't in the choir anymore. But this was the beginning of my self redemption act. And for the rest of my just three, I felt some sort of satisfaction in that aspect of confidence. I didn't get like more confident. I just got a little less confident. <laughs> and that was a resolution for the beginning, for the beginning of just three for me. That I actually failed my just one first time because of the, the whole thing that was going on. And I entered this crazy assist they called Red Alert. And I think this this was when my confidence died again, because your name is being public, pub, being um published publicly. Everyone sees your name. Everyone knows your parents are called. You pay twenty five k. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, and you. Everyone sees you as this person. Everyone sees you as this horrific, horrific, horrified, lazy person. Because that's what they always thought, and I wasn't lazy. I just. I just didn't have the motivation to do anything and no one understood that at that point. Love my parents, I couldn't tell my parents, I had to lie that I was because people were calling me lanky and it was because of, I felt like I had no friends and stuff like that. But I, I did have Jason and Esosa, I had the two of them. And yeah, I remember I made friends with Mohini, oh, Mofi, I remember I made friends with Mofi. Mofi, Mofi's friendship, I have Mofi's friendship arc went it was a crazy arc. I don't think she remember it, but I remember it vividly. It was it was a very crazy character arc for me, but it was good character development for me. So, we have um. We have these classes. They go on for hours. Just educated. You don't go for sports. You don't go for, um. You don't get to watch movies. You don't attend social nights. Your entire social life is ripped out of you because they felt that was the distraction. That wasn't the fucking distraction. The distraction was that. I had to I had to do things that I hadn't done before so during this whole red alert period I 
was preparing for my mock. I was trying to complete my notes. I was doing a lot of things and I started indulging in a lot of crazy ass things. And I'm not going to confess to crimes I committed here because these are reliable against me in the future. So thank you. <laughs> so well, I did a lot of crazy things. Then in my just three final third term, so the final term, my parents had agreed I was gonna leave the school and everything and I can remember I was going for this excursion, so this prepaid meter company and they were explaining to us the whole thing and stuff like that. So on my way back, I I could remember I had this conversation with myself. The conversation was where do we want to be by the time we are twenty? And I had this whole thing planned out. <laughs> I could read it, but I would. <laughs> I had this whole thing planned that I was like, okay, I'm gonna achieve this by this, gonna do this by that, and by this time, everyone is gonna know who I am. Everyone's gonna be, I'm gonna be this popular as person. But as you can see, I'm very popular within myself. So fast forward to um, fast forward to when I, I transferred to St. France, um, British Spring College. Keep in mind, my immediate other brother, Wachiko, shout out to you, bro, was there. Wachiko was already in the school. And Wachiko was already, had this legacy already. Wachiko was smart. He was a disciplinary prefect. He was everyone's favorite senior and everyone's most feared senior. His testaments loved him. The school loved him. Every single person loved Wachiko. So I had come into the school with the mindset that this is a fresh start. This is the time for you to do everything you want to be. Be everything you have to be. And I said that out great. I said that out. I was pushing with my 110%, man. Like, I was one of those new students that were like, oh my God, this guy is so good. Because my brother was already good. So everyone was like, obviously, it's going to be good too. So I had a legacy. And I carried the legacy. I became prefect in my SS1. The first time that's ever happening. And I created a legacy for people till today. And here comes SS2. And anyone who knows what happens in SS2 is that this is the this is like the period of time where you either make it or break it at this point. And man, I was making and I was breaking. I a lot of things happened in my SS2, but there's this one story that I'm gonna tell. Because this is a journey, you're journeying with me. You're gonna a journey with me. I'm not, I'm not giving you so much details as I want to because I don't want, if I get deep too deep into the details, you're going to hear me crying. I don't want to be that raw. But I'm going to tell you this one story. It was my second time SS2. This is my seniors. My brother had left the school by then. My seniors were preparing for their WIAC. I was preparing for my exams. I remember vividly. I get called into a classroom by a group of my seniors. And they asked me a question. And this question they asked me is a question that I'm still I still get asked to today though. But I get asked this question and I'm like and I completely deny the, what the question is. I won't say what the question is. And <laughs> this begin to emotionally batter me. So in my ass, what does it matter? Like this is where they use words to beat you. Like because they number one, they can't physically hurt me, because if they physically hurt me, they'll get expelled or get suspended or something will happen to them. But they don't do that. They physically they, they talk to me 
in a very conniving manner like you say a lot of a lot of things keep in mind that i've gone through a lot of shit before now and at this point is i'm already at my breaking point but no one no one knew for days my head had been down and these people just knew that this was the perfect opportunity to attack this young boy so they do that they attack (laughs) they attack me and they say a lot of things it's a lot of things at night that affected me for a long time and I didn't tell anyone this until like my ending of SS3 when they showed because there were a lot of rumors about what happened that day people said that they came to me they beat me up they insulted me they I think it was it was way worse than that but it happened the only thing was that it happened and many things that I chose to forgive them I forgive them for their crimes because my one men they were fucking young these guys were like 16, 17 they probably just felt that they were just doing what, what they thought was, was right and my dear these guys were young I look at them then I'm like you guys are just some dumb ass motherfuckers <laughs> and over time things these things occur and it messes up with me keep in mind that I had just few years back i had experienced something similar to this and now i'm experiencing something similar again how 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 do i experience something this similar again that was the question that was in my head and i remember i went back to my room that night and i cried throughout the whole night i remember my roommate kingsley who came to me that night and he was like i'm sorry for what happened i don't know what happened but i'm just sorry and he comforted me throughout the whole night and i was confused i was like why you but sometimes people just do good deeds and we should appreciate them nonetheless nonetheless i get back up because like i said earlier someone told me when you fall you stand up when your head is down you raise it up so i stand back up and i continue my life I finish, I graduate school, I get a good work result. I don't feel my AGCSE. I would tell that story one day, but not now. <laughs> um, we get that, we, we, we move on, and then there comes after secondary school. After the secondary school was an exploration moment for me. I got admission to UNN, where I met the best people of my life. I met people like Kim, I met people like Mitch. I met a lot of people that... I am grateful for to have them in my life. I met people like Nimi. I met people like Wale, who is currently one of my closest friends. I met people like Michael. I met tons of people. Then came the pandemic, where I met the whole bunch of people who I'm still friends with today. Then I come to the end of the pandemic, another turning point in my life. I'm faced with a decision at the end of the, at the end of the pandemic, and the decision is this: leave UNN. Live this life you've made in UNN. Live this this whole journey, this whole era of your life, and move to an island <laughs> where you know nobody, you have no friends, you have no family here. You just have you. I was faced with this decision, and I took 
the not so obvious decision to move to a secluded an island where I don't know anyone at all. And that was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, it was the best thing I ever did for myself because being on this island taught me two things. It taught me that you can make your own family if you want to. And then when I met people like Julie, who is one of my closest friends today, who taught me things like maturity, emotionalism, stability, who taught me a lot of things. And this was the time when I got to talk with my cousins, Chinye and Chuba, who revamped my thinking process. Like I said in my earlier episode, I've said talk about framework of attention, which helped me a lot to today. It's basically um, slowing down, giving gratitude, and taking responsibility. These three things helped me a lot. And Julie and I became good friends. Julie is still my number one friend to today. <laughs> like one of my top friends to today. Like I have a lot of one. So you have that. You have this whole bunny era, which I might talk about one day. And I am sitting down here preparing to write my final exams. I am worried because I don't have my... <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do after now. It's like I'm ending a phase and I'm doing another phase. And seasons come and go. The men, I don't want to end. I am turning 20 on the 13th of April. And it has been a fun 10 years. I can remember when I turned 10, a man named Chris. Um, came up to me and was like, you just completed a decade. Do you know that? And I was like, what do you mean by a decade? Like, what does a decade mean? I told me a decade is 10 years and a lot can happen within 10 years. And I know you, know, you might not know what's going on, but you should be happy. And then he brought me a chicken lap. One of the biggest chicken laps I've eaten. And I enjoyed the chicken lap. <laughs> and 20th is going to be my birthday. 19th, sorry. I'm going to 13th. And I'm 20. And I know everyone is like, oh, when they turn 20, they're going to have a lot of things going through their head. Oh, my God, they haven't achieved much. And I remember talking to my friend today, Debbie, and I told her, you have time. Debbie is like a year or two younger than me, and I told her, you have time. You have enough time. You, you have enough time to live as much as you want to. And I'm just starting. Like, man, this is just the beginning of my life. This is just the beginning. When you turn 20, it's a beginning. You're starting your life as a 20 year old you're no longer considered a teenager literally you're now considered a person you're considered an adult society one year later i'm about to drink alcohol over the world so (laughs) and you just have to think you just have to think about what you want to do for the next few years i know what i want to do I have plans for myself, man. They might not be clear, but I I know what I want. I have an idea of what I want. Let me just use that word. And I hope anyone who listens to this also has an idea of what they want. It's never too late. And it's never too early. But just remember you have time. Time is always on your side if you want it to be. And time is not always on our side. <laughs> where we don't want it to be where we actually where we want it to be is never on our side but same thing can't be on our side but you, you get it you get it, the whole deep thing there <laughs> so um 
Thank you for listening to Mundane Talks. Don't forget to share with your friends and family. And happy birthday to me.